The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can schedule an appointment online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. It is often that people will ask, what does it look like when you come into the office? So initially when you come in, um, we'll go through a comprehensive, in-depth exam and consultation. So, you know, like, tell me, tell me about your problem. So what is going on? When did it start? What things have you tried? Um, just kind of a, a, a deep dive. What makes it better? What makes it worse? There's a lot of those things we do know from your initial intake paperwork. And then we can figure out if anything else is warranted, uh, such as x-rays, right? We always make x-rays incredibly affordable. I actually look, listen to this. I actually um, got from a place that was near us. And for us to do an entire spine was less than what the guy down the road charged for one view. One, so I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyways, and then from there, we sit down and more in detail go through what we found throughout your exam, consultation, um, as well as if we have to take x-rays, if you have any degeneration, we teach you about just the difference between normal versus abnormal. When people say, I have osteoarthritis, I have degenerative disc disease, that's something that we specialize in in our office. And I want you to understand why this happened in your spine. So from that point, we go come up with a plan. If you have insurance, we'll have it checked and verified to see if or any insurance coverage that you have. And then we go through and say, hey, here's what we think. Here's what's going on. Here's the extent of damage. Here's a plan. Frequency, time, cost, insurance, out of pocket. So you'll always know time and cost wise before anything happens. No surprises. So it's one that you might come in and say, hey, I love you guys and I'm so happy that you are ready to help me. Or you might come in and say, I really like you guys, but I don't feel like it's a good fit. But you'll have the knowledge to be able to do that. And so it's one that I can't encourage you enough to at least come in and get evaluated, see what's going on. And if if it is something that we can help with, know what that looks like. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, 317-893-2853. Today we are talking about pain. What is pain? How do you treat it? What are some of the aspects of treatment that are pros and cons? And um, 
I truly believe that pain can be a blessing. It's one of your body's hidden secrets, just trying to tell you something. So we're going to dive down deep into that. But before we explore pain and what is pain, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News comes from the New York Times. A daily aspirin regimen may hurt more than help, experts warn. I thought this was very interesting because this past week I literally had a conversation with a woman who said, should I keep taking my aspirin? And I was like, I don't prescribe anything to you. I don't put you on it. I don't take you off of it. And she's like, it's an over-the-counter. And I was like, listen, it's right. I I personally wouldn't, but I can't. You have to ask your PCP. So I thought this was very interesting looking at this. So a daily aspirin regimen may hurt more than it helps, expert Warren. So millions of Americans take aspirin to prevent a first heart attack or stroke. Now doctors are advising against it, especially for people over 70. So Regina Griffith was 64 when she met her new primary care doctor for a routine checkup. He recommended a daily low-dose aspirin for her heart health. It's hard to be more fit than Miss Griffith, the owner and chief instructor at a fit, uh, fitness studio in New Jersey. She had slightly elevated blood pressure at the doctor's office, but not at home using her own cuff. Other than that, she had no significant health problems. Still, a daily aspirin didn't seem like a big deal, and the doctor did not mention any downsides, so she took his advice. I thought, okay, I'm at a certain age. It didn't sound scary to take an aspirin. Millions of older Americans do likewise, and not always because of a doctor's recommendation. Alan Turner, 64, an industrial designer, began taking an aspirin on his own about five years ago after his mother had several strokes. I saw what that did to her. He had heard of other people saying taking prophylactic aspirin, so he just went with it. How much damage can you do with a baby aspirin a day? Good question. For three decades, the United States Preventative Service Task Force, an independent and influential panel of experts, has been reviewing the growing evidence of aspirin use for preventing first heart attacks and strokes. Last month, it issued its latest recommendations on aspirin use, the first in six years. The panel warned adults over 60 against starting an aspirin regimen for primary prevention. It carries possible serious harms, notably an increased risk of internal bleeding. Right? That makes sense because it thins the blood. This comes, said Dr. John Wong, a task force member. And those harms are higher than we thought in 2016. Dr. Wano is a primary care doctor and interim chief scientist officer at Tufts Medical Center in Boston. Primary prevention, quote unquote, primary prevention, refers to patients who have never had a heart attack or stroke and do not have heart disease, which would be high blood pressure or hypertension. That is not considered heart disease. That group 
is the task forces focus. People taking aspirin for secondary prevention because they've already had a heart attack, stroke, or intervention like stenting or bypass surgery face a higher risk of subsequent cardiovascular events and aspirin might remain part of their treatment. For adults aged 40 to 59, the net benefit of taking an aspirin daily would be small the force concluded. They may choose to start daily aspirin regimen if, based on a widely used health calculator, they face a 10% or higher risk for cardiovascular disease over the next decade, but that should be an individual decision. It will take time for these new cautions to trickle down to the public or to your doctors. About one-third of American over 40 already take those aspirin, a 2019 study showed. Among those over 70, more than 45% take aspirin for primary prevention, probably representing significant overuse. Many people don't think of aspirin as medication. They think of it as more like a vitamin. This is ridiculous. Who thinks of aspirin as a vitamin? Anyways, this comes from Dr. Amit Kira the Director of Preventative Cardiology at University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. Just because it's over-the-counter doesn't mean it's not a drug with benefits and risks. In 2019, Dr. Kara helped develop similar guidelines for the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association, which recommended against routine aspirin use for primary prevention in people over the age of 70. The U.S. Preventative Service Task Force Position on Aspirin Use for Prevention has uh, seesawed over decades. The task force initially recommended in 1989 that patients consider aspirin, then backed off, calling the evidence insufficient. So what's changed? Three large, rigorous clinical trials published in 2018 following more than 47,000 older patients really highlighted the risk. Dr. Wan added, two didn't find any significant reduction in heart attack or stroke, and there was an increased risk of bleeding. The third clinical trial, which was limited to people with diabetes, a higher risk group, found a small reduction in cardiovascular events, but with a higher bleeding risk. The harm canceled out the benefits, they said. The bleeding in question usually occurs in the GI tract, the gastrointestinal tract, but can also include brain bleeds and hemorrhagic strokes. Right? Like, why are you taking this to not have a stroke? Although the risks are low, major bleeding occurred in 1% um, of older people who are taking aspirin. They increase with age. These are serious bleeds. They're requiring transfusion. They can land individuals in the hospital. So with the advent of other effective advances in preventing heart attacks and strokes, the role for aspirin has narrowed. So for people over the age of 60, per the task force guidelines, or 70, per the cardiologist recommendation, the risk of starting aspirin now outweighs the benefits. This is particularly true with a history of bleeding, say from ulcers or aneurysms, for those taking medications like thinners, steroids, anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen and naproxen. So it is one that if you are taking aspirin, this would be a good time to talk to your primary care and ask them, he or she, have you heard about the new guidelines? And does my recommendation change? And if they say no, you say, are you aware 
of the guideline changes. And if they say no, then you can say, then you should call me back. Mm -hmm. Make sure your doctors know about research. There is something called, right, clinically you'll see presentations over time, but you also have to keep up with the research. And as much as you want to think as a doctor, your continuing education forces you to do that, it doesn't. Continuing education units are a joke, right? We check the box, it's good, and sometimes you learn stuff and sometimes you don't. But if your doctor is not being proactive on their own time, it's time to maybe find a new doctor. Now, when we come back, what is pain and what is your body trying to tell you? You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Even when I feel like a mess, have to take a good look inside me, yes. In the hurts where I found a hole, I guess I'll never be perfect, but I try my best. To remember I'm blessed, looking in the eyes of my children, surrounded by the love. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always reach out to schedule an appointment online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That is GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about pain. Right? Like everyone knows about pain. Most everyone has likely experienced pain at some point in their life. Yet understanding what is pain, the difference in the types of pain, some of we're going to talk about how we deal conventionally with pain, but then too, what are some more natural alternatives that you can start using to help with that? So now when we talk about pain, we all understand Pain is an unpleasant sensation or experience usually caused by tissue damage. It's actually, it was, this was actually kind of interesting because I went, uh, this is from Healthline. Healthline said pain is a general term that describes uncomfortable sensations in the body. It stems from activation of the nervous system. Uh, John Hopkins What is pain? Pain is an uncomfortable feeling that tells you something may be wrong. Right? Like, uh, what's this from? Institute for Chronic Pain. So they talk about how the International Association for the Study of Pain updated its official definition of pain. It reads, pain is a sensory or emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage. Mm-hmm. That is how they describe pain. <laughs> and so you're what? It's it's a um, a sensory experience. So I thought it was just so interesting when you're looking at. We all know about pain. What pain is? We've all at some point in our life, whether it's 
from a toothache, from we fell down when we were little and scraped our knee, we stubbed our toe on the bed, we've ignored back pain for years. Um, There are so many different types of pain. What I want to dive down into a little bit is there's acute pain and chronic pain. So when we're looking at kind of acute versus chronic, chronic is something that um, it's pain that lasts longer than six months. It's ongoing that it's either present daily or comes back over and over again in flares. It usually starts with a specific event. It could be an injury or an illness um, like acute pain. But it stays around with ever, without ever completely going away, right? Um, acute pain is short-term, right? So less than six months. Um, acute pain comes on suddenly. It's usually, can, or sometimes not, can be caused by something specific. Um, it could be an injury, an accident, surgery, you know, dental work, cut, burn, infection, childbirth, Acute pain lasts for a couple hours, a day, a few days, uh, sometimes a few weeks. But when you start to get into months, this is where it and it doesn't go away. That's where it's considered more chronic, right? There's different forms. This is the other thing. There's different forms of chronic pain. Headaches and migraines would be classified as chronic pain. Muscle tension and pain, joint pain and arthritis, back pain. Uh, pelvic or bladder pain, nerve pain, fibromyalgia, cancer-related pain. You might be sore, stiff. It could be throbbing, shooting, burning, stinging, dull, aching. It could be a mix of all those different types of pains. Here is what's interesting. So pain, and this is what most people won't think about when they experience this pain. So pain is a complex message that is sent from nociceptor sensory nerves and travel to the brain where it interacts with our sensory cortex, different aspects of our brain, and our emotional centers, the limbic system. A loud enough message to these regions results in our experience of pain. So it's, it's literally your body shooting back up messages to the brain to be like, hey, something isn't right down here. And what's so interesting is that when our body experiences this, we do one of the best jobs to just go, shh, be quiet. I don't want to hear it. Right? So nociceptive pain. Let's talk about that. There's nociceptive pain, there's neuropathic pain, and there's functional pain. Nociceptive pain is caused by tissue damage. So this would be like bruises, cuts, burns, fractures. Um, It could be arthritis, osteoporosis, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, The nociceptive pain develops when your skin, muscles, tendons, joints um, experience pain. It's somatic pain. Neuropathic pain results from nerve damage, right? This could be from uh, if you herniate a disc or if you have degeneration on the disc or if you have spinal stenosis, something that we we work with specifically, Um, or you have functional pain. 
Functional pain is pain that's caused by no obvious injury or damage to the body. And it tends to be more chronic. So this is um, like fibromyalgia would be an example. IBS, uh, temporal mandibular dysfunction, which can cause like jaw pain, chronic cardiac chest pain. So these are ones where you're like, hi, here's what I need you to know about all of those things, though. Whether it be acute, short term, or chronic, longer term. Whether it be nociceptive, neuropathic, functional in types of pain. Whether it be throbbing or dull. Whether it be migraine versus headache. What you need to know, and I'm going to tell you as a doctor, is your body is trying to tell you something. Listen, your body's trying to tell you something. (laughs) This is, again, pain is an uncomfortable feeling that tells you something may be wrong. You, and I've shared this with individuals over and over and time and time again, your body's symptoms are your biggest blessing. No, no one wants sciatica. No, no one wants uh, back pain. No one wants migraines. No one wants hip pain. No one wants... uh, you know, pelvic pain. No one wants thoracic outlet syndrome. No one wants, no one wants these things. I totally get it. But your body is trying to tell you something. So why do you keep ignoring it? Why do we keep ignoring it? Our body's biggest blessing. There is no other way for our body to let us know like, hey, there is something else underlying going on. But you want to know what I see as a doctor in my office? That the first thing that people do when they experience this pain, you want to know what they do? They mask it. Right? Guess what? If I don't feel it, if I don't see it, if I don't think about it, that's not really a problem. And so our first go-to typically are over-the-counter pain relievers, OTCs. Because really, how dangerous can they be? If I can buy 100 bottles of them, they must not be that dangerous, right? But hold me think about this. So I was talking to a patient more recently during their initial exam and consultation, their new patient appointment, and he was talking about how, um, how his like sister's stomach like di- disintegrated basically because of the... Um, she wasn't, she was taking the appropriate amount of ibuprofen, but it was the amount of time that she was taking it caused irreversible damage. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to take it anymore. I know what's going on and I don't want that to happen to me. So when you look at like Tylenol, for example, so Tylenol is actually acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is very hard on the liver, and it is known to reduce the liver's storage of very important detoxifying aids and your antioxidant glutathione. And that is why, uh, like if anyone has impaired liver function, they are not to take Tylenol. Uh, In fact, more than half of all acute liver cases in the United States are due to acetaminophen overdoses. Yep. 56,000 ER visits a year. 458 deaths every year due to acute liver failure. You know, it's so interesting. I had a patient who uh, worked in the dialysis center nearby, and I asked her, right, dialysis for kidneys. And 
I asked her, I said, how many of those people do you think are on there because of chronic uh, over-the-counter pain medication? And she said, almost every single one. Majority of the people that are going through dialysis is because their kidney shut down because they were taking too much over-the-counter. For Tylenol, going back to Tylenol, there was a study published in the Journal of American Medical Association that 4,000 milligram dose taken over four days causes uh, elevated AST and ALT, which are markers for liver damage. Um, glutathione is your body's natural antioxidant. Uh, they found that Tylenol, specifically acetaminophen, causes intracellular glutathione depletion. Why that's so important is because glutathione's used... Um, to like clean up free radical damage um when free radical damage is left untended this is where you start to see cellular abnormalities and damage to the dna uh tylenol is um not good for the heart either uh one study found that combining the use of acetaminophen and alcohol reduced resulted in a 2.23 times increased risk for kidney dysfunction there's also a connection for cancer 2013 meta-analysis of epidemiology studies found that acetaminophen was associated with a significantly higher risk of kidney cancer A 2011 study showed that more than 64,000 older men and women using acetaminophen was also associated with different types of blood cancers, including uh, myeloid neoplasm, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and plasma cell disorders like multiple myeloma. So it shuts down your liver (laughs) when you look at it depletes of – so if you are – I would look for, if you have taken a lot of Tylenol, I would highly, highly recommend ensuring that you get on a good uh, liposomal glutathione. We have some in our office. Now, what about ibuprofen, right? And you're like, oh, I've got a bad liver. I can't do that. I am going to take ibuprofen. Now, ibuprofen is an NSAID, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. People use it to treat pain, fevers, inflammation, So the big risks when we talk about ibuprofen um, is looking at blood clotting. It uh, has a very big bearing on proper blood flow to your kidneys, which is, I mean, how your body detoxes its blood. Stomach and intestinal protection. So that's where you can look at it raises your risk of serious bleeding, stomach ulcers, and kidney damage. Ibuprofen can also raise the risk of life-threatening heart problems, such as heart attacks, heart failure, and strokes. So, right, and all in the name of, like, it doesn't get to the, the root cause of the problem. Your body, when you stop taking that, your body still has pain. So it's not like you take this and all of a sudden you're like, and now my pain is gone. The problem that I see even more with these is that when you tell your brain to be quiet, to not feel or experience pain, you do things that your body otherwise wouldn't allow you to do because of the pain, right? The reason why your body said, hey, I don't think it's a good idea for you to go help your friend move. Hey, I don't think it's a good idea for you to mow the lawn. Your body's trying to give you these warning signs to say, hey, there's damage on these nerves. I'm not functioning properly. And we're like, but there are things that I need to get done 
body and you're just slowing me down. So I'm going to ignore you. And then I'm going to do all the things that you've been telling me not to do because I'm going to take this chemical that one can not only shut down my liver, but also my kidneys, increasing like blood cancers and and other sorts of heart related issues. No big deal, but it's going to make me do the things that I want to be able to do. All the while, there's a reason why. And then we can't figure out when we pick our heads up in five to 10 years that you've been having that pain for the last five or 10 years. And now all of a sudden, we're so surprised it's not this quick fix. Like, oh gosh. But no, you can't, you can't, nor should you. Think about this. This always would blow my mind the first time someone pointed this out to me. If you are to take a bottle of Tylenol and consume the whole thing at once, which I, by the way, don't ever recommend doing, right? But if you were to to drink that whole bottle of Tylenol at once, what would happen to you? You would die. But what if instead, what if instead you just took two to three a day until the bottle ran out? (laughs) Makes you think a little bit. You're like, if a large dose of this kills me, a small dose, no big deal. I'm good. Get out of here. So we've got to figure out, like when we're talking about getting to the root cause, what does that look like? And are there options for more natural pain relievers that you can have? And the answer to that is yes. We'll talk about what those are next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we're talking about pain. What is pain? But then more specifically, when we talk about pain, why do you do something? One, because it stops your quality of life. But then two, when we talk more specifically about what pain does, I think this is important. Most people have no idea the effects of pain on your brain. So we talked about how pain sends those signals up to your brain, your brain centers process them, kind of send it back down. So for an example would be you put your hand on a hot stove and your body's like, oh, that's hot. And it sends those signals up to the brain and the brain's like, well, what are you doing? Move your hand, right? And so it sends it back down. It's like, dude, you got to move it. And then your hand moves off and you're like, oh goodness, right? But it still experiences that pain from the burn. (laughs) When you're, you know, your back hurts or you have migraines or all of these things, the chronic pain, um, they've actually done a lot of research about multiple research that have proven that chronic pain does not affect a singular region of the brain. It results in changes to many regions of the brain, including its critical function and processes. 
For example, chronic pain shrinks the brain's gray matter. Your gray matter is responsible for memory and information processing by as much as 11% a year. By contrast, the brain's normal aging results in a 0.5% loss of gray matter per year. So it's believed that chronic pain sufferers experience this shrinkage because the nerves involved in communication are continually firing. So it's the constant nerve activity that causes the brain to rewire itself as like a form of protection. I always think about it as like, <laughs> if anyone has kids, you're like, mom, 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 You know, and someone else who sees that, they're like, how are you living like that? And you're like, living like what? I hear nothing. Because your brain literally has tuned it out. It's like that when your back's like, ouch, 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 ouch. And even though, and even though we take over-the-counter pain medication, even though we might do injections, even though we get surgery, even though we do all of these things, your brain is still experiencing that pain. Like that, that doesn't go away just because you take, you pop a couple over-the-counter pain medication, pain relievers, and you're like, oh, I'm good. Like that doesn't stop. It's just signal the brain differently. People with chronic pain experience a reduction in the volume of their prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex of the brain regulates emotions, personality expression, and social behavior. Research shows that people with chronic pain have constant or excessive activity in their brain nerves or neurons in this area, and it causes the neurons to die prematurely. Fear Worry, anxiety tend to become more pronounced in people with chronic pain because of the loss of the prefrontal cortex comes the uh, inability to control these feelings. Chronic pain sufferers, the thalamus remains open. So the thalamus often describes as the, the border of the brain. It acts as a gateway between the spinal cord and higher brain centers. When you sustain an acute injury, the thalamus opens up to pass information from the affected parts of the body to the brain. When the injury is healed, the border closes once again. However, in people with chronic pain, the thalamus remains open and every nerve signal that crosses it gets amplified, resulting in amplified pain. Chronic pain has a decrease in the volume of their hippocampus. So the hippocampus is part of the brain that helps regulate emotional responses and is associated with spatial processing and new memories relating to facts and events. So people with chronic pain show a decrease of volume in this part of their brain, leading to increased anxiety and learning and memory problems. Brain changes are reversible. Studies show that chronic pain patients treated for their chronic pain experience brain mass to normal levels, increased their number of gray matter cells and thalamus that repaired itself and became to operate normally, right? So when you're talking about you have chronic pain, it's a bigger deal than just the back pain and headaches that you're experiencing. And so we've got to figure out, is there a way? And that is one of the things specifically that we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. I had a one-on-one -on -one, uh, interview with the patient, Linda, just about a week or two ago. And so I'm going to play her testimony of the changes that she saw at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. But then we're also going to touch base on some other aspects that you might be able to do to help naturally manage pain. Hi, my name is Linda. And I just wanted to tell you my story about Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Before I started coming here, I was... Um, 
pretty much disabled. I had chronic neck pain, back pain, leg pain, and I was unable to walk for any distance at all. I, uh, I was not very active. I tried to be active in different, um, different clubs, different things like that, and I was always having to cancel because at the last minute I would not be able to get out of bed, migraines. I had, um, I had over the years I had tried over-the-counter medicine, prescription medicine, uh, physical therapy. I tried. Um, I've been doing chiropractic for several years, but it wasn't until I came here that they started treating my whole body, my mind, my um, my nutrition, as well as uh, adjusting, getting adjustments to to keep me in line. And I just uh, now I've been here oh over a year, and as long as I take my, you know, do my regular adjustments, take my supplements, I'm, I'm happier, I'm more active, I'm just, I'm just going, my appointment calendar is full for a change, and I am not having to cancel. Um, for the first time in a long time, I have a life, and I couldn't be more happy with with the people here, the staff, they're, I don't like to call them staff because they're like family. Uh, you come in and they listen, they don't hurry you out the door, they take the time to listen to you, whether it's about chiropractic or whatever. And I just feel like they're my friends. And I just, my life has just changed since I've been coming here and I will be coming here probably for the rest of my life because I have my life back now and I like it. If you want to know more, you got to come in. Initial exam and consultation, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, or give us a call, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Now, obviously our goal at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is to get to the cause. Sometimes those causes are easier, sometimes they're a little bit harder. They are not as clear and candid. But that's inevitably the goal. And so when we talk about some of the other aspects that you can do, know that I do not believe necessarily that this is all the way what I would consider causation, right? If you're having back pain because you have osteoarthritis or degenerative disc disease, no, I don't necessarily believe that you taking extra magnesium is going to get rid of that because I, I know how the human body works. That's what I do as a doctor. That's literally what we specialize in, right? So these are natural painkillers that you can look at um, to try to work with decreasing inflammation. So a lot of these are anti-inflammatory. So the first thing I can tell you, and it's the least favorite when I tell people, is that you have to quit eating an inflammatory diet, Right? If it's white, if it's floured, if it's fried, those are inflammatory foods. I always tell patients when they come here too, they say, Oh, my back's been hurting, right? I'm, you know, I hear your testimonies. I want to be a testimony. Okay, well, then you have to do all of the things. You know, people come in and you're like, Yeah, I've had this back pain for 20 years. They get three adjustments and they're like, My back still hurts. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh-huh. It does. 20 years, three adjustments, not the same. You know, and the same thing, people have been there for a couple months and they say, well, I don't think this is working. And I'm like, well, what's not working? And they're like, well, I'm still in pain. And I'm like, well, okay, so let's hold up. If you're going to judge your success here at the office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic on just pain, then let's evaluate. Are you doing all of the things to get you out of pain? Are you doing all of your home exercises? Are you drinking enough water? Have you changed your diet? Are you right? Like, are you eating anti-inflammatory foods, not pro-inflammatory foods? And if the answer is no, then then you're not being all the way successful because you're not living out all those other things in life. So when you look, turmeric is one of them. Curcumin is actually the active component in turmeric. We have a concentrated one. Um, that is one that I say is kind of like an, a natural anti-inflammatory. Larger doses um, of curcumin have been shown to help reduce pain, swelling, inflammation, Ginger is actually a really potent, powerful antioxidant too that helps with the immune system. Omega-3 fatty acids. Now, the place I want you to get this from is good, wild-caught, fatty fishes, salmon, sardines, um, cod, really great sources. Nuts. You can get omega-3s from nuts. Uh, If you're not getting as much, then this is where supplementation works. Omega-3 fatty acids have been shown to reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. It also helps improve cell membrane receptor activity. Um, So you want to make sure that there is a quality that comes from fish, but that have proper EPA and DHA. Um, oftentimes plant-based omegas don't have the same effect as marine sources. Marine sources are the fish, the krill. Um, You're not going to see those as high amounts in EPA and DHA from plant-based sources. Another one is magnesium. Magnesium helps relax your muscles by maximizing blood flow and allowing nutrients to be delivered to cells. There are... when you're looking at there's 300 different enzymatic reactions that utilize magnesium. So think 300 different cell cycles that your body's like, send some magnesium for me to get my job done. You know, we used to get it from foods, but now because of nutritional deficiencies in our food, uh, magnesium rich foods are green leafy vegetables, sprouted seeds, rock cow. Most people don't have a lot of those in their diet. Um, Then they're deficient. Stress depletes magnesium. If you're stressed, you're probably in low levels. Um, another one too is methylating B vitamins. So methylation is an essential biochemical process that goes on billions of times per second in our body to repair DNA. Poor methylation can cause chronic inflammation and chronic pain. So a methylated B vitamin, right? Not all vitamins are created equal. B vitamins are an easy one for me. If you just look at your B vitamin, on the back, look at B12, right? And if on your B12, it says cyanocobalamin, cyanocobalamin, that means that it's a derivative of cyanide that's attached on there. And they say, oh, uh, cyanocobalamin, it's in such small amounts that it's really not that big of a deal. And you're like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I actually sent this to a friend. Uh, some of the common side effects, minus the sensitivities that can even be life-threatening, like anaphylactic reactions, are shortness of breath, 
<laughs> swelling, rapid weight gain, pulmonary edema, congestive heart failure, uh, peripheral vascular thrombosis, numbness and tingling in the joints, fever, swollen tongue, polycythemia, all from cyanocobalamin. So they're like, hi, derivative cyanide, throw it away. Your, your B vitamins or your multivitamin that it's in, not a good one. And so that's one where we have um, in our, we call it our essential pack. It has multivitamins. It has omega-3 fatty acids. It has a vitamin D with a probiotic. It has magnesium glycinate. So it's one of the most bioavailable, easy on the gut. And it has a methylated, delayed release B complex. So it has all of the Bs in there. And that is one that if you are not on, it's like the first thing that I tell people, what should I take? The essential pack. It is essential that these are what your body needs. And literally, essentially, everyone needs to be on them. So when you hear Linda talking about her supplements, she's on the essential pack. I'm on the essential pack. My husband's on the essential pack. I just mailed my mom the essential pack. Get on there. If you want to fight chronic pain naturally, do cut out the things that cause inflammation on a cellular level. But then too, you can fill in the gaps in the meantime as well. But also what is causing your pain? Find a doctor like we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic that's going to get down to the root cause of your pain. 317-893. 2853. Again, that's 317-893-2853. Or just hop online. Go to our website, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stop masking your pain. (laughs) I look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.